0: Welcome back to another episode of 2x, the podcast where I share specific actionable insights to help you scale your business twice as fast. Uh, In this episode, let's talk a bit about screening candidates. So assuming you've attracted some talent or um, either they're directly applying to you or you've gone out proactively to seek them out and and encourage them to apply, uh, the next step is to screen them to find if they are a good fit. Uh, Before we jump into the actual interview techniques, uh, let's talk a bit about what fit looks like. So remember, fit is not necessarily likability. It's not uh, about charisma. Charisma can be an important uh, factor depending on their role. But generally, you don't want to fall into trap of uh, merely hiring someone because you like them. Uh, so what are you looking for then in terms of fit? The My recommendation in terms of approach is, number one is uh, you are looking for what I call culture fit first and foremost and culture we've talked about culture um in one of the previous videos uh, sorry one of the previous episodes but generally culture encompasses uh a bunch of things so it encompasses your uh your company mission your company values kind of your work ethic um and kind of your your work style as well so those are all of the elements and also the kind of the organizational chart. So, that's the, the key components of culture. You want to make sure that people who you bring on board, first and foremost, are a good culture fit. Uh, why? Because skills, generally, you'll find that most people, even if they're very uh, adept at whatever skill, they will still have to retrain, relearn certain things as they join your organization anyways. So, it's not to say that skill is not important, uh, but I would say skill is the the bare minimum. Right, so it's the easiest to screen out for. So start instead with the with the tough things. Focus on people who truly are a culture fit first. Second is what I call a mindset fit. Uh, in and around mindset is you're looking for people who um, have the right attitude. And attitude is, is uh, things like you know, are they someone who is proactive? Are they a person who um, is uh, self initiating? Are they someone who is constantly keen on growing and learning, right? Those kind of things, not necessarily in and around um, their their values or their or kind of their personal beliefs, but you just want to understand that they have the right attitude uh, to contribute to your organization. So, on um, after mindset and after attitude, then you can finally screen out and, and find the fit in and around skill. Uh, so, if you find that someone is a really great let's say, culture, mindset fit. Maybe they lack the skills. What should you do then? What, what can you do? Um, my recommendation is explore ways where you can involve them in some way because if people truly are passionate and excited about your organization and what you're out to do, uh, usually they will still be able to add great value in some other way, uh, especially if you're a growing and scaling company. Um, they can always pick up the necessary skills necessary skills along the way if they're really passionate about it. Uh, the other option is to have them create a role for themselves ask them what what would they want to improve uh what would they want to work on and from there you may be able to come up with some ideas of um responsibilities or outcomes to start uh, if you don't have the capacity to bring them on then you can either engage them as volunteers or quote unquote informal advisors uh, or the, the last resort is just to keep them in the back burner as what I what I call um shadow talent. So these are people who you can circle back to uh, later on when the timing is right. So focus on screening out for culture first, and then mindset and attitude, and lastly, skills. Um, What about personality and kind of strength finders, those kind of components? Uh, there are a lot of tools, a lot of um, kind of assessments that you can use. Uh, I don't want to go into them in too much detail, but generally, the, the the main ones are things like you know Gallup Strength Finder, the Clifton Strengths, uh, and then personality tests. Personality tests. You have Myers Briggs, uh, you know tools like sixteen personalities, those kind of things. They, I find they are generally helpful to help you understand how they fit in in a group environment, and kind of how they help you fill up the gaps. Um, but don't overly rely on them for for screening candidates. Uh, so. They help more on the attitude and the mindset piece, so to speak. Makes sense? So moving on then, um, you know, as you're considering how you want to screen and, and kind of understand if they're a good culture value fit kind of piece, uh, what are the kinds of questions that you can ask them? So let's talk a bit about the interview process now. The two main type of interview questions are behavioral and situational questions. Situational questions uh, help you kind of surface and understand their, their thinking process, their problem solving skills. Uh, so these are questions like, "How would you deal with this?" or "What would you do if this happened?" kind of thing. They're they're good for understanding you know uh, their their knowledge, their their critical thinking, problem solving skills. Uh, but the main thing to be very careful about with situational questions is situational questions uh, might not. Indicate what they would actually do. So, what do I mean by that? Uh, It's very easy to give a theoretical, correct response. You know, if you ask someone, what would you do if there's a difficult customer? It's easy to say, uh, you know, what is the right way of approaching that situation. But in the heat of the moment, uh, that may be a different story. So you also want to mix in some of what we call those behavioral questions. Behavioral questions—they—they they don't so much uh, help you surface the, the critical thinking and problem-solving aspect of things, but it's more about understanding how they perform in formal situations, because the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So these are questions like, you know, tell me about a time when you did this, or um, can you can you uh, recall a situation where? this was a problem that you faced. you know, what happened, what did you do? And this is good for assessing the the values, the attitude, the mindset kind of thing. And a framework that you can apply both to behavioral and situational questions is uh, the STAR framework. So if you haven't heard of this term, what STAR stands for is basically number one, what was the situation? So what actually happened? What's the context? Uh, What's the task? What are they supposed to do? What are their responsibilities? How are they involved? Uh, The A sense of action. What did they do or what did they not do? Uh, Not not what would you do, right? You want to actually understand what happened. Uh, And then the R is results. So obviously, you know what came out of that. And lastly, there's an addition that you can tag onto that is just asking them about their lessons. What did they learn coming out of that? What would they have done differently? So that bleeds into the situational thing as well. But the idea here is this this staff framework will help you really understand them in depth. And the the key thing to be mindful about is sometimes uh, candidates, they are not aware of this framework themselves. So when, when they're sharing about what happened in the past, they they may forget to mention you know what what the results are. They may talk about the situation, the task, and the action, but maybe they didn't talk about you know what was the outcome. So you you can prompt your candidates to share more about what actually happened. You know what 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 were the outcome, the results, what did they learn out of it? It's okay to prompt, but you don't want to ask leading questions such that your candidate actually says what you want to hear, because in that case then you're in a in a trap where you end up uh, hiring people because. You are giving them the opportunity to really position over. I would say you're over giving them the answers to to the interview, right? You're, you're actually telling them what you want to hear. So you can prompt them to share things that they haven't shared, so that you can have a better understanding of them. But don't don't only look for the answers that you want to hear. Makes sense. Another thing to be mindful about is that candidates generally. Uh, obviously you've been in if you've been in any kind of interview situation you know that it's very stressful uh and, and some candidates because they're so anxious about the interview itself they they may be amazing employees but they may end up um kind of underselling themselves right so be, be careful of that so you know, how, try to make the situation comfortable for them um you know in, in in this context some of my favorite things would include instead of the a very rigid, and professional interview environment, uh, mixing it up and making the interview process as natural as possible, where you're doing things like going for a walk with a candidate, or maybe sitting down with, for over a coffee, or, or maybe doing some form of interactive interview. Where, you know, Automatic's a good example. They're an organization where most of the employees work remotely, and the entire interview process is uh, mostly through email, um, through messaging uh, instead of video because that's how the team generally typically interacts on a day-to-day basis as well. So how can you create a comfortable environment where people can naturally talk about the things that matter to them and, and highlight their, their own strengths as well? So uh, as you are hearing their responses, you know I, I've talked a bit about a staff framework. Other things to kind of listen for and look out for uh, is you want to try to understand as they're talking about how they solve those problems, Uh, Obviously, you're you're trying to see how creative they are in and around how they solve those problems. Uh, You're trying to understand what variables and factors go into kind of how they've arrived at a conclusion for for the resolution or for the solution. Uh, You want to understand what are the values that inform their decision? Why do they think one is uh, more correct or more appropriate over another course of action? Uh, are they the kind of person who actually gets things done do they focus on um kind of the team as opposed to being overly focused on themselves you know are they using we language as opposed to I did this uh, this was uh, my accomplishment because obviously in in most situations uh anything is never only individual contribution right so be careful right are are, are these people throwing? Um, and only highlighting their achievements, or are they actually good at getting things done? Do they actually make things happen? Um, so just be very cognizant and very mindful of how they're sharing as well. Uh, you want to, other good characteristics to look for is persistency, right? Are, are they people who give up easily, or are they willing to try different things? Do they persist in the face of challenge? Do they look for alternative solutions? Um, you know, how do they try to resolve certain things if they don't work out the way it's supposed to? Uh, and yeah, as you approach all of this, it will help you get a better picture of the candidate. Um, I'll give you an, an, an example of listening for the right things in and around, let's say, values. So for example, if if one of your organizational values is sustainability, uh, you know, if, if you're asking someone the question, tell me about a time uh, where you gave back to the community. If one person says, oh yeah, I recycle. And if another person says, yeah, I'm a part of a community garden, I volunteer, you know, I'm I'm on the board of this nonprofit. If you know what to listen for, then uh, obviously you'll know that candidate B or the latter candidate is uh, a lot more passionate about the topic. And it's important for you to have your recruiters and whether it's external recruiters or in, internal, uh, clearly understand this. Because, yes, if someone says that they they recycle, uh, very easily, if the recruiter is just checking a box to see if they have that quote unquote superficial value, then um, if they're not understanding what to listen for, they could end up bringing people who, like I say, are bull- bullshitting about. The, the values and, and their passion in and around a topic. So be, be very mindful of that. Clearly define what a good answer looks like, right? Uh, another thing I like to look out for in, in candidates is are they here for what I call an experience or are they trying to achieve a goal? And, and what I mean by experience versus goal is uh sometimes, for example, you may find someone who, let's say, for example, they have no startup experience, they have a lot of corporate experience. And they they are communicating in and around why they're excited to work for a startup. And, and the suggestion here is that they are trying something new. So they're there for an experience. They're not there to achieve something. And these people, once the experience is fulfilled, or if it's not what they expect, then they will end up moving away rather quickly. Uh instead, you want to focus on people who are there for a goal, you know, whether or not it's your company mission, or maybe it's to um move up the ladder with their career, then these are usually ambitious individuals that are a lot more resilient and flexible, and they will tend to stay with you for, for a much longer period of time. They tend to be a lot more loyal as well. So, you know, I'll give you an example here. So, for example, if you ask someone a question, why do you want to work for us? Um a bad answer might be, I, I want to work for a startup because I'm sick and tired of corporate where I don't feel like my opinions matter, or I may feel like I'm a cog in the wheel. Those are uh, what, what I call experience seeker kind of responses. right? Um, a lot of people tend to get excited with the idea of working for a new company, or or let's say a startup, for example. Um, but generally, you know, they could go for any other organization that shares that same characteristics in, in terms of the experience that they're seeking. Uh, and, and the question is, does your organization embody what they envision that experience to look like? And if not, you know, maybe they're looking for something else. So, if you see people job um, hopping a lot on their resume, that's usually an indicator that they are an experience seeker. Uh, versus, you know, let's say, good answer. You know, I someone might say, oh, I believe that other telecommunication other telecommunication companies are ripping off customers, and I believe that your company stands for doing things differently that's in the best interest of the customer. That's why I'm excited to work at your company. That is a much stronger answer because that is goal oriented. They care about what you're doing. And, and they feel like by, by joining your company, they're a part of that movement, the part of something bigger than themselves. right? So the, these people are usually um, more foundational and, and kind of uh, what we call transformational hires. And we'll go into that in a second when we talk about um, retention and letting go or offboarding employees. Um, but generally, these, these people are people who care more about your company and they will hang around a lot longer as well. Whoops. So, you know, red flags to, to kind of watch out for uh, if they tend to just name drop, performance drop, focus on their achievements, their awards. Uh, and and they're dodging your question in and around what actually happened or how they actually uh, you know achieve those targets, then that's generally a, a red flag. So I'll give some sample questions just to to help you think about different things that you can do. But at the end of the day, what questions you ask really depend on what you are trying to surface, what you're trying to screen for. Um, you know, ones that I like, you know, for example, you know, if you could open your own business, what would it be and why? That helps you understand kind of what they're excited about, uh both what they're passionate about in terms of industry, but also what do they care about. Uh, you know, asking people things like if you want a million dollars, what would you do with the money? Right? It helps you understand their values. Uh you can challenge them with problems. You can ask them like, hey, um, you know, if this happened, uh, or it, it could be a real problem that your company's facing, you can ask them for how they would approach it, but don't actually ask them to actually solve it. But you might say, hey, you know, recently we had a customer uh, come back and return this product. How would you deal with that? Those kind of questions. Um, you could ask them also you know, questions that will help them, uh, help you understand how they, they assess what is a right or wrong answer. For example, you know, is it better to be perfect and late or good and on time? Why? Ask them to elaborate, right? Um, tell me about what motivates you, what frustrates you. Uh, so motivating and frustrating, they, they're both opposite sides of the spectrum, but they both generally help you understand as well uh, the, the a person's values and what they care about. Uh, so yeah, those are just some sample questions. There are many other questions you can ask. Um, on, on the behavioral side of things, so the, the ones that I just mentioned are more situational type of questions. Behavioral might be, you know, tell me about a time when you set difficult goals. What do you do to achieve them? Walk me through the process and, and the purpose. Tell me about a time you screwed up. Uh, Describe the best boss that you've ever had. Uh, What are the top three things that you're working on right now and how are you working on them, right? Those those are all some sample questions. Your goal as you are screening for candidates is going to be a two-way street. Remember, they're also screening for you. So if your organization is facing certain challenges, you want to be transparent about that because you don't want to give them the experience or the false sense where... You promote one thing, but then once they join your company, it's a whole different story on the other side of the fence. So make sure that you're transparent about any issues if you do have any issues. Um, you know, communicate uh, what is expected in and around culture. Um, understand, you know, do they share uh, the, the 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 same viewpoint in terms of work-life balance? You know, how does it manifest for them? Uh, what do they care about? Um, you can also test and evaluate how well they navigate awkward topics. So, your your goal here is around understanding: is there the element of mutual respect, and uh, are they able to be direct or are they confrontational? Right. So, there's no wrong, right or wrong answer, but your your goal is just to understand if they they fit the mold of what you're looking for. Um. To, to kind of wrap it up, some additional things to do is uh, make sure that you're uh, doing your reference checking. So as you're screening these people, um, see if you can actually reach out to people that they've worked with in the past. Uh, reference checking comes twofold. One is the references that they provide. And then you can do your own reference checking on, uh, on on other people that they work with, even if they haven't provided them as well. Generally. And uh, If they are not on the reference list, uh, if they are working for uh, a savvy, HR-savvy company, you will find that most people will not say bad things about their colleagues because they don't want to get in hot water uh, on the legal side of things. But it's very easy for you to know if someone is good versus bad. So what I mean by that is if you, if you do simple reference tracking... And I, I think it's like the, the stats are like something like 90% of people don't actually do reference checking. But if you do reference checking, you know, if someone has good things to say about the candidate, uh, you can tell right away. They'll be enthusiastic. Um, you know, they, they'll be passionate about vouching for the candidate and they will have good, meaningful examples to share. Uh, so superficially, like a lot of people will put quote-unquote, fake references, where maybe these references are their friends or maybe their family members. And if you ask deep questions, uh, very quickly, you will be able to screen that out. So, for example, if you you ask, like, oh, do you like working with this person? Obviously, everyone's going to say yes. Um, But if you ask them, like, oh, tell me about an example of when they actually went above and beyond the call of duty. Or tell me about an example where they they were authentic and transparent with their their customers. And if they are fake references, they won't be able to come up with good meaningful responses on that topic. So make sure you're actually screening it out. Uh, Other ideas that you can do in terms of kind of getting some level of experiential due diligence before you actually work with someone is um you can also layer the onboarding so what i mean by that is uh, you could for example instead of hiring them as a full-time employee employee you could start out as you know a contract uh and then from there maybe they, they come on board as um you know part-time or commission blended with salary and then eventually you you move them up to full-time the only thing you have to be careful with that is um number one is obviously not accidentally categorizing them as a the wrong type of employee because um if you're, you are viewing them as a contractor, but you're treating them like an employee, uh, legally it can cause some problems on, on the both the tax side of things, but also on the HR side of things. Um, but the other thing to be mindful about is generally if you engage someone as a contractor, they will also view that you are less vested or interested in them. And therefore, they will also not commit as heavily as well. So they will perform more as mercenaries rather than missionaries. And they may not lean in as heavily into supporting your business as well. So just be mindful of that. But generally, I do find that uh, having some test on like a pilot project or a smaller project, it helps you kind of do some quick assessments and really just understand the person a a layer deeper before you fully bring them on board. So uh, yeah, keep that in mind and, and actually do both that experiential testing but also your reference checking. Uh, usually, what you'll find is one in three references are bad. Um, if you want some more ideas around questions you can ask when you're doing reference checking, you know, here are some examples. You can ask people things like, uh, "Is this person in the top five lists of people that you've worked with in the past?" You know, what have they done that ha- has helped your company? Uh, would you hire them again? Why? Uh, you know, if I work with this person, what do I need to focus on to make them better? Instead of asking them, you know, what is this person's weakness? Because no one's ever going to talk about weaknesses, right? Uh, what what kind of management style works best for this person? Uh, what would you like to see them improve on? You know, th- does this person uh work better independently or with a team? You know, are, are they a leader or an implementer? So these are just some examples of, of different kind of things that you can ask to tease out more information uh, as you're doing those screening and reference tracking. So I hope this has been helpful and it's given you some ideas around questions you can ask and, and kind of the priority in terms of what to to focus on. Uh, so yeah, that's it